sick on cinema, the podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. What do you mean, like right now? Yeah, yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode seven of Sick on Cinema. I feel like we've said seven before. No, we probably have. I don't know what episode actually is. Well, this is Youth Gone Wild anyway. <laughs> We didn't introduce anything yet. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> That's where we're at now in this podcast. So I am one half of your angst-ridden, angst? rebellious teenage youth, John. You're 27. <laughs> and you are? I'm Matt. Oh. And I'll be 18 in a few weeks. Oh, We have things planned for that, but we'll oh, get into God. that. We'll get into that when it comes up. Yeah. So anyways, how you doing, Matt? I'm doing all right. We're we're filming we're recording the filming. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're filming all right. <laughs> we're recording this in a different location. You know, I love the chair wow. I'm sitting in. Locate locate lo mm. location. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're recording this in a different location than normal, so if you hear some strange noises or other people, just ignore them. It's just my brother. Yeah. And there's a bird behind you too that's louder and shit. Yeah. He'll He's going to make noise, guaranteed. Yeah, he's going to give us all the, well, in the meme world, we call it the ear rape. Oh, the ear rape. You want to turn my mic down when he yells. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, <laughs> So, how you doing, Matt? How you been? I don't know. I've been all right. Been enjoying? Sleep deprived. Yeah. Yeah, you've been freaking staying up to four or five, four or five shit, uh, seven, eight, eight nine <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> eight. That's the longest I've been up for is 8.30. And then I was like. Yeah, I probably should go to bed now. And then I woke up at god dang two o'clock and fell back asleep until seven. Jesus Christ! I know that doesn't sound like a very good summer vacation. <laughs> no, <laughs> so I what? hate my existence. So what the fuck was that? <laughs> you turned on. Oh, okay. I see what happened. Never mind. Ignore <laughs> all that. <laughs> Ignore that. That's nothing. So what are we talking about today, Matt? We're talking about youth gone wild. Oh, youth gone. We are the youth gone wild. Is that where you have to decide if the name of this episode? Sued. <laughs> Sued. <laughs> I think that's a Skid Row song. No, no. I just, I just, I just thought about that literally right now. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. The movies we are talking about are uh, kids, bully, and. A better place. A better place, which we I feel like is an under-talked about movie. So I'm real excited about actually getting into that one. <laughs> this is probably originally supposed to be the Larry Clark trilogy. It was, but we couldn't get the Ken other Park. One. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you, we got to import Ken Park, and it was going to take a while. So yeah, we stuck in a better place. But we will do. The you've gone wild. Part two. Part two is sued. <laughs> Um, <laughs> can I say something about these movies mm-hmm. before we get started? Mm-hmm. Just about every single one of these movies pissed me off in one <laughs> one way or yep. the other. Yeah, I can agree with that. And you know, uh, I, I feel like we're gonna have uh, varying opinions on oh, these yeah. films as well. But before we get into them, as always, since yeah. we still have not gotten anything, God. well, yeah, people. people. If you if you if you're listening, if you, if you're there, if you care, <laughs> if you care about us at all. <laughs> Please, then, then you will message us. We are very lonely. <laughs> Send us an email, uh, questions, comments, and concerns to sickoncinema at gmail dot com. And you can follow us on Twitter at the same name and on Instagram at the same name. Sick on Cinema. And give us ratings and star us five star us. 
Give us give us the I'm not gonna meme it up. No, I'm I'm gonna give us the Meltzer special five stars. You know there's people who listen to this who have no idea anything about wrestling. They're like, What the who is Dave Meltzer? Yeah. We don't talk a lot about wrestling, so I don't feel like uh we just throw in a hint each and every episode. So you know, someone's out there who listens to this who's a fan of uh, you know, the darker side of cinema, you know, subversive cinema if you will. And they're like, they're also a wrestling fan. They're like, I know who Dave Meltzer is. Jason. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh. But I don't think, I don't think every listener is going to know who Dave Meltzer is. No, no, no. Should we, should we explain who Dave Meltzer is? No. <laughs> Just Google it. Yeah. Um, but in all, but in ser- all seriousness, so if you would rate and review us on iTunes, that would actually help us out quite a bit. Yeah. And if we start getting a lot of viewers and whatnot, maybe we'll open up a merch shop and whatnot. Yeah, we'll merch it up. I don't care. I don't. I do not care to pimp out myself. <laughs> if I can quit my job and do this full time, that would be the most amazing thing ever, and it ain't gonna happen. But oh well. <laughs> I heard you like disturbing movies, so I decided to give you more disturbing movies. <laughs> that would be our first shirt. <laughs> yeah, I feel like our first shirt should just be the logo. <laughs> our first shirt should be it's my favorite kind of philia. No. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. So. I guess we probably should start talking about the movies. We've been rambling yeah. on for enough time now. Oh, Matt's in this daggum recliner. He's going to fall asleep oh. by the end of the episode. Woo! So anyways, we're going to start out in 1995. With kids. Kids. Larry Clark. Now, here's something. You, I don't know if you know this or not. Here's a, here's a fun fact for you. Okay. This movie was written by an 18-year-old Harmony Kareem. Oh, yeah, I do know that. So, you know, and Harmony's definitely going to be a guy we talk about more in the future. You know, he directed Gummo, Julia Donkey Boy, Spring Breakers, Trash Humpers, you know. Pretty much just told everyone what we're going to be talking about on well, the future episode talking about Harmony Kareem. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, Harmony, he's he's just a, he, he's a very much like a surrealist director, Yeah, I would say. So it's interesting that he wrote Kids because Kids is pretty straightforward, although... Oh, yeah. I would say that there is parts of this movie that you definitely, like, you get the sense of Harmony Kareem's style where it is mm-hmm. very much like, you know, the narrative is, like, forward-progressing in, like, a stream-of-consciousness kind of thing. Yeah. Where there is no, like, beginning, middle, and end. There just, it goes. Yeah. And I feel like that's very much, like, gummo. Well, something else I gotta mention before we, like, get really deep into this. Yeah. I completely messed my notes up on this one. <laughs> What'd you like, do? They're numbered. They're not bulleted. Why'd you number? I don't know. I just put number one. I was like, huh, well, I effed up, so <laughs> we'll keep doing it. I think I got to like, yeah, I got to 30 points. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's pretty decent. And a lot of it's just me saying, oh my God, <laughs> this, is, this is disturbing, this is nasty. Uh, another aspect of this film we should talk about before we get into the film itself is yeah. is, is Larry Clark. Okay. Um, Larry Clark was a photographer. Yeah. Like a street photographer before he became a filmmaker. And Kids is his directorial debut. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And I think you really, you do get that because it's very oh, yeah. raw, you know? Yeah, and on top of that, this movie, it it almost doesn't feel like a movie. It feels real. Yeah. It, you know, like you combine Larry Clark's, like, you know, phot- photography style. Yeah. Along with Harmony Kareen's, like, stream of conscious narrative. Yeah. And and you get like this like borderline documentary, you know. It's it's crazy. Cause like you know like when I think about it, when I sit here and think about kids, 
and Gummo. There's a lot of similarities between, because basically, you know, both feature, you know, a a group of people that you kind of just follow. Oh, yeah. You know, as well as, like, it splits off into almost, like, two narratives. Gummo and uh, kids are very similar in the sense that they're they're, they both deal with kids Mm -hmm. in, like, some, like, neighborhood or some kind of town, and they're all just... To put it in the most simple term, they're, they're just effed up. Right. They're effed up kids. So, I guess we should now get into kids. Yeah. Uh, the plot of kids is pretty simple. It, yeah. It really is, like I said, like a tale of two narratives, though. Because you have Telly and Casper. Yeah. Who are your two male leads. Who are kind of just spending this day just doing their thing. Which is uh, and what they call screwing virgins. Yeah. Telly is into virgins. So yeah, he's he's hunting. very young. Yes. Cool. So he's looking to get laid. And Casper's kind of just there for the ride and just having a good time. Yeah. He's just there to hang out with his buddy. Mm-hmm. The, the thing about this movie that really scares me is I know a lot of people like this. Oh, absolutely, right? Yeah, I know a lot of people who act like this. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. And it just makes you wonder, like... If this stuff's actually going on within the school right now. Probably, you know. And it's disturbing. It is disturbing. What the was that? It's aliens. <laughs> that was a laundry machine, I think. Scared I the shit thing. out of me. So loud and obnoxious. We're not going to add anything like else. Me. So if you're somebody just walk through, you go to the kitchen, it's just going to stay in. We'll, <laughs> just, we'll just talk to them as they come by. This is this is like is like a redneck podcast can get. We got Pretty two much. microphones. It's low budget. It's it's, it's terrible. We but, need uh, low budget. This is the only budget we've got. Is the that's what I'm recording. saying. This is as low budget as it gets, man. We got two cheap ass microphones and a recorder. <laughs> anyway, we need to get back to the yeah. Movie. So Telly and Casper kind of just doing their thing, having the time of their lives, you know, spending that summer. Yeah. But at the same time, um, and do you remember her name? I know uh, she's played by Chloe Chloe Servini. I'm looking. Uh, we probably shouldn't. I have not running names. Me too. Uh, Jenny. Jenny. Yes. At the same time, you're following Jenny, who the only person she has slept with is Telly. Yeah. And, uh, she is informed that she has AIDS. H-I-V. And she is trying to find Telly to tell him. And another thing is, like, a visual in this movie that's strike that, you know, that's striking is you've got this one girl who's one of her best friends. I don't remember her name. She's played by Rosario Dawson. Yeah. Her first film role. And they both get the test done at the same time. Mm-hmm. And her, her character has slept with over ten guys. Right. Like, in, like, various, like, styles and... Yeah. You know, more extreme fetishes and stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And Telly was the only guy, guy she was with. And her life's ruined. Yeah. Just ruined. Yeah, it's over. And that's the stark thing about kids. You know, we can get into it now. Uh, you know, the first thing you see in this film is Telly sleeping with his girl. And she's 12 years old. And it's like, at that moment, her life is ruined. Yeah. Like, she has AIDS now. Yeah, I mean, she's 12 years old. She's very young. Probably not. I don't really think she's in, like, hot, like, not even in high school or anything like that yet. And her, her entire life's ruined forever. For yeah, forever and like it's a it's a that's what you know. Kids is such a like a a stark disturbing film and like first of all is its realism. Yeah, you know it's portrayed very straightforward. 
<laughs> I, I'm get I'm getting abducted, people. <laughs> it's very straightforward, you know. Like it does not. Yeah, it 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 tells you what's going on and it tells you what's go- about to happen. And and Larry Clark, it, to his credit as a as a filmmaker, you know, he tells the story so well in that like you see this and like you you hear Tilly talking, and then it's like then you find out about the fact that he has AIDS. Yeah. And it's like, oh my god, you know what I mean? Yeah, and then you see him, like, you see the scene at the beginning, and you're, and you're like, oh, she she's screwed over, and then later on she tries to he get, tries to get with this one girl, and and you're just thinking to yourself like, don't do it, right? Don't do it. You're just you're like, please get to him, Jenny, you know, and stop this. Yes. He almost like, you know, it's not a horror movie at all. And that's like one thing I was really excited about this episode because everything we've talked about. It's been kind of horror related. Dabbles in horror. Or even Jam, you know, to an extent, dabbles in horror. But in a sense, all these movies are horror related in the sense that, I mean, this is like real life horror. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's like Telly, like once you find out Telly has AIDS, he almost becomes like this like monster. It's almost like this movie's like almost close to body horror. Yeah, exactly. You know, like he he becomes like this monster where you're just like someone stop him, please, someone yeah. stop him, even though he doesn't know. And this is something I want to get into because like I feel like me and you have different like thoughts and visions about like these characters. Yeah, you go ahead and like you told me what what did you tell me immediately after you watched this movie? Well, let's be fair. Like whenever I watch a movie and someone's getting like. Someone's just being horrible to somebody. I, I, I even though I know it's fake, I, I, I'm like, I'm angry. Right. And at first I was like, wow, these people are pricks. Yeah, you're like, I hate everyone in this movie. They're all idiots. <laughs> yeah, they're. I was like, yeah, they're all idiots. And I was like, yeah, they're idiots, but they're also kids. Yeah. They're just dumb kids. And like, I don't see Telly and Casper as bad people. I mean, I mean, yeah, but <laughs> it's just one of those things where... You wish their parents would have spanked them a few times. Yeah, it, that is true. They're they're not good kids. No, but no. like you know, it's like they're they're just they're that they're just kids, man. They're stupid. Yeah, they're just stupid kids. As Pat Plankton would say from SpongeBob. <laughs> exactly. That is don't they don't they don't understand the repercussions of what they're doing. It like it's almost like a butterfly effect in a way. It is right. And uh, you know, any certain scenes you want to get into a little bit before we like. And, you know, just to give you a heads up, and we will say it again when we get to it, we're going to spoil the end of this movie, because in order to talk about the big scenes, we have to spoil. Yeah. And uh, I feel like the same goes for a lot of the other ones that we're talking about today. Yeah. Because a lot of things, there's a lot of things that we're talking about the other two as well. But, like, some some scenes that really caught my eye was, there was this one scene where they're out in the city skateboarding. Mm, yeah, I feel the same way. And uh, this guy, like, they run into this guy... And then they start fought with him, except for uh, it's Casper. This is the one of the things that kind of like it didn't really piss me off, mm-hmm. but just one of those things where it's like, wow, you could you couldn't fight for yourself because right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Casper like starts to fight with this guy, and then their entire group jumps on him and just beats the hell out of him. Right, um, really kills him. The thing about that scene too is there's a few things about it. In uh, the first thing is like I you know I skateboarded for what. 11 years before I was born probably right so I, you know I feel you know a deep connection to skateboarding yeah and you know and one part of me is like ugh I don't like the way the skateboarding is being portrayed yeah but at the same time but there's a lot of realism to that oh you know what I mean I mean the Baker skate team 
was a lot like this. Exactly, you know. They even showed it. Yeah, and that's the thing is like, you know, this stuff happens in skateboarding, and you know, they just happen to a lot of teams happen to hide it, and this yeah. is showing the realism of it because a lot of times these, like you said, these are just kids. Yeah. And, you know, like, I don't condone beating the shit out of somebody with a skateboard, but the guy was being a dick. You know, Casper was like, hey, yeah. sorry, man, you know? Yeah, but... I mean, it's just one of those things where I was just like, I don't, God, you couldn't, couldn't fight for your... You couldn't fight your own fight. But, again, it's probably it's probably because he's a kid. Mm-hmm. And they, they about killed that guy, though. They do, yeah. You know, um, Harmony, Kareem... The interesting thing about it is, like, like he really wasn't, like, a film student or anything, really, you yeah. know? He just, uh, he was just a kid on the streets that Larry Clark kind of befriended. Yeah. And was like, hey, you want to write this movie? So, like, that what makes it, that, I think that's what makes this movie feel so real is that, you know, Harmony lives this movie. Oh, yeah. You know? I also love the New York setting, like, the... Oh, yeah. The, the urban New York setting. Yeah, the skyline and whatnot. Yeah. It's... I also like when they go to, like, each other's, like, houses and stuff like the little apartments yeah and the it's party it's very gritty very like also at the same time like a beautiful setting yeah it is it's really interesting uh, you know um, I also really like the uh, the party scenes because they feel so real oh yeah you know like it, it just seems like like what a party is and like, like there is no like you know it's not you don't you don't just see people just mummering to each other in the background you know each piece gets its own little segment yeah um, so something else I like to mention is this entire movie is pretty much an advert for using condoms. It really is, right? <laughs> it's like use a condom, or this will happen. Yeah, <laughs> or you'll get AIDS, <laughs> or your entire life will be ruined forever. So, uh, I feel like now is a good since we're talking about the party scenes to talk about Larry Clark a little bit. Yeah. And I'm not going to come on here, and, I, and God knows I'm not going to accuse anybody of something. You're going to keep starting up and accuse me of being a pedophile? No, I'm not going to do that. However, I will say that the way Larry Clark shoots these these kids... Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a little weird. Very uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, I, at the same time, you, as you mentioned our, like a while back, me and you were talking about it, it could be the same case to make them like comfortable with doing these scenes. True, but... Uh, He's also like... Like a f- I don't know how old he is. I mean, he's at least in his 40s yeah, when he made these movies, I think. If maybe that's a little too old, maybe 30s. Yeah, and he's got his shirt off hanging out with little kids. And, like, there's a scene, and I love the scene because, it again, we you know, I know we've said this a bunch of times now, but it does feel extremely real. Yeah. Where, like, it's these four kids just sitting on this couch passing a joint and just talking. And I love the scene because, like I said, if it does, it feels legit. Like, it feels yeah. like there was no script. And they may not have been. They may have been all improvised, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, the thing about it is, like, they're all shirtless. <laughs> it's like, why are they shirtless? Yeah. Why is every young man in Larry Clark's movie shirtless? Young man, like, coming up and bully. <laughs> Everyone's shirtless. It's true, much. but in particular, young boys yeah. in these movies are shirtless. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. Of course, like, living around here, of course, mm-hmm. you know. People are shirtless a lot. <laughs> yeah, people run around shirtless a lot. I guess he's trying to capture that realism. I guess so, but it's just like... He was shirtless, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, even in, like, when you go in, in Bully, you know, <laughs> they're shirtless, like, all the daggone time. Yeah. It's like, why is there so many kids just running around without their shirts on? <laughs> and then, like, the, the movie we were going to feature here, but we, we couldn't. 
was like Ken Park. Ken Park. And they said that one's pretty much like, I mean, everyone in the movie is like of age. Yeah. But the way they're portrayed in the movie is as kids pretty much. And it's super graphic. Yeah. It, like I think at points there's like unsimulated sex in it. Where it's oh. like it's real, you know. And that's, I mean, that's pretty much just child porn. And <laughs> he borderline, you know. Yeah, it's like it, it crosses that gray area because it's like they, are, but even this movie does too. Well, I don't, you know, I don't know. Like yeah. these people look young. Yeah, the, the lead in this movie, uh, Telly, mm-hmm. which he'll be featured in Bully too. Absolutely, he's a very good actor. Oh my, something God. Fitzpatrick, I think his name is. Yeah. Something Leo Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick or something like that. Yeah, Very good like that. actor. Oh, he's really good. Like he has he done anything else besides these two? Yeah, yeah. He went on to have a, a fairly okay career. Is he know? still doing stuff or is he done? I don't know, to be honest with you. Because if I if I ever made a movie, I'd want him to be in it. He's very he's good. So good. He has a presence about him that like you don't get from like your typical Hollywood actor, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's crazy how in both the movies he he can play two completely different characters. In such an amazing way. Yeah, Telly is like so like free spirited and loose. Yeah, he he's just the kid trying to have fun. And the other character he plays, the hitman and bully, is he, so uptight and like yeah, he's serious, st- you know. Like I wouldn't say necessarily stuck up, but he's like he's about business. Yeah, he's he's like I want to um we're gonna get this done. That's it. And it's gonna we're gonna get it done right. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, another thing I want to talk about with kids is uh. Skateboarding legend Harold Hunter is in this movie. Oh yeah, and he does a very very good job. Wait, wh- which one, which character does he play? He's the the black skateboarder kid. Oh yeah, is, is he the one the the, the the pool party? Yeah, when he's like slapping his dick around. Like, <laughs> <laughs> God, it reminded me of Jam. <laughs> <laughs> and that pool scene is great. Like I really oh, yeah. really love that pool. But this whole time, because you know that Tilly has AIDS, there's this. There's this tension and dread that just yeah. fills this movie because, like, you're like, don't do this, you know? Yeah, and you're you're just worried, like, oh, God, what if he, like, falls and, like, gets a cut or something? They don't know about him. They're trying to, like, fix him up. Yeah, and then everybody's screwed, you yeah. know? Like, and that's brilliant filmmaking by Larry Clark. Like, just, to, like, settle this one little thing in motion, you know yeah. what I mean? Just... You know, he doesn't. He doesn't like spell it out. He's not like you got AIDS, AIDS, AIDS. You know, no. He, he tells you pretty much once, and then of course the the character of Jenny says it multiple times. Yeah, but they never drive it home. You just know it. They do, You just know it. So the whole time you're watching this movie play out, that in any other circumstance would just be a movie about some punk kids doing their thing. But because you know that he has AIDS, this dread. Builds and builds and builds yeah. until like you know it explodes. You know it, yeah. it's really really interesting. What's insane about this movie is Larry Clark. This is his first movie you said. Yeah, it's right? a directorial debut. Yeah, he made a masterpiece. He really did. Like he made a fantastically like tense, interesting, at times funny. Yeah. Like, I almost feel like <laughs> they should show this movie like at a school. Right. Because, like it was. It is like a really good like. Don't do this, kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I feel like they should show this at school because it really drives the point home of don't be stupid or you could ruin your life. Exactly, yeah. It really is. And of course they wouldn't show I mean, for God's sakes, I'm, I'm almost 18 years old and I'm, I'm going to be a senior in high school coming up. Mm-hmm. And they still make us watch PG movies. Yeah, it's right. Ridiculous. Um, and look what I'm watching right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, we're going to, I say um, like, and you know, too much, by the way. 
Yeah, uh, I say yeah too much. So uh, yeah. So uh, uh, see, uh, 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 but anyways, we uh, hmm. <laughs> uh <laughs> I lost my, I lost my, uh, my thoughts there. Uh, <laughs> so we're about to, we're going to get to the point of the film where we're going to be spoiling some stuff. Okay. So if you do not want the ending of Kids to be spoiled, skip forward or go watch Kids and come back. We'll wait. Which is, that's the one that I would recommend the most. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll wait. Yeah. Let's just sit right here. Let's wait. I'm going to pause for just a second. That way, if you hear us talking, you know that we're spoiling. So keep going forward. We'll, we'll wait, guys. Here we go. Three, two, one. Spoilers are abound. So, the end of this movie. Oh, my God. So, they're at, they're at this party, and Telly's hooking up with this girl that he's been trying to hook up with all day. After he... Scrogged. Scrogged. <laughs> That's another thing. Like nobody knows what that word is. It's like something. Yeah. We. It's, it's inside joke. Inside joke. But anyways. Uh. Oh God, I hate the fact that I say oh so much. It's, it's okay. Don't so worry about it. everyone's does it. I know. But. So they're at this party, and Telly's getting with this girl that he's been trying to get with all day, who's a virgin, and she's thirteen. And Casper's just getting effed up. And, yeah, Casper's <laughs> just getting drunk. <laughs> Everybody else is just getting effed up. Jenny's at this club in Harmony Kareem. Yeah, with <laughs> gigantic glasses. Gigantic glasses. It's so weird to see Harmony because he's so young. Yeah, how old was he? You said eighteen when 18. he wrote it. So, he so I don't. Nice. He was either eighteen or nineteen at this point, wow. or maybe twenty. Depends on how long it took to get the movie yeah. going. But he wrote it when he was eighteen. That's crazy. And uh, they're they're at the party, and, and Jenny gets like drugged basically. I mean, she takes it willingly, but. It's, it's kind of the same time that one. She's like, no, I don't want to. And Harmony's, Harmony's like, come like, on, man. Take it, man. Uh, and she does. And it's weird because, like, that's Harmony. Like, if you watch, like, that character is more coherent and, like, easy to follow than, like, Harmony Corrine in real life. <laughs> <laughs> so I highly recommend anybody to go watch Harmony Corrine interviews. This guy is out of his mind and fascinating. But back to what we're talking about. They're at the party. He's getting laid. Jenny finally gets there to tell him, and he, she's out of her mind. She's all high. She opens the door, and it's just too late. Yeah, and she sits there, and it looks like she's about to cry. And then Telly says, close the f- door. Yeah. She closes the door, sits on the couch, and passes out. The way that is shot is haunting, because it's her in the shadows. Yeah. You know, she... Well, we can't do this scene justice. No, you got to just watch it. Like, it, she's silhouetted... And, and it's like, uh, to me, it felt like it's like, you know, literally in the shadows. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It, it's really hard to do that scene justice. It's it's powerful, man. Because you're just like, maybe she's going to make it. Maybe she's going to make it. And then, like, as soon as she went to the cl- that club and she took that medicine, uh, she took that uh, a pill, whatever it was. Uh, yeah, some kind of acid or something. Yeah, I was like, ecstasy. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, well, she ain't gonna make it. Right. <laughs> she ain't gonna make it in time. But things only get worse. Because she, like you said, she passes out. And then Casper decides he wants a little... A little action. And he takes advantage of her. Yep. While she's passed out. And little does he know... He just contracted AIDS. Yeah, and now his life is screwed. Yep. All because of a stupid, stupid, stupid mistake. Yep. Which is wrong. I mean, like, he rapes her, basically. Yeah, but, you know, same time, he, he's effed up. <laughs> yeah, right. 
it is like it's a devastating ending. Like, this entire movie had me depressed. It is, man. Like and like like I said, like any other time, if you didn't, if Telly did not have AIDS in this movie, right? <laughs> yeah, it would not be that depressing. It would not be that. It would just be like a uh, like a character study of a couple punk ass kids. Yeah, you know who are just who are just pieces of shit that are just roaming the city. You know. Yeah, but like I said, like it's a borderline horror movie because when you know that he has AIDS, you, there's this dread and this tension and this like sense of like concern throughout the whole movie. You're just like, I don't know. It, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, this like in one sense, this movie like at times this movie can be really funny. It can be, yeah, because like Casper's character tends to be really funny in this movie, mm-hmm. and which is a character also in Bully. It's very similar. Very similar, yeah. But I don't, I don't know. A lot of times, this movie just feels like legit, like body horror. It does. It's really weird. I'm just waiting for like. It's almost like Cronenberg without the nasty, like the nasty yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course, there's like nastiness in this movie because you just. I mean, you. Do, it's not even that you see a whole lot. No, you don't really. It's just. It's just interpreted. Yeah, it's all about that one little thing. The fact that you know, and he don't. You know? I feel like... It's a lot like, you know, uh, Alfred Hitchcock was talking about suspense in a movie. He's like, the best way to build suspense is you have two people talking at a table. Yeah. One of the chairs has a bomb under it. You know they don't. Yeah. You know? And that's what this movie is. You know, Telly... We know that Telly has AIDS. Jenny knows. Jenny knows. But and no one else does. But no one else does. She doesn't tell anybody. No, not until... I think the only person that knows is her and her friend. Yeah. So, it's intense, man. It's a very intense yeah. movie. Highly, highly recommend kids. If you've never seen it, it's not It's not hard to find. I mean, it's pretty much... Yeah. You can pretty much get it anywhere you want. Also, something else... I actually really enjoyed the soundtrack of this movie. Yeah, it's very much early 90s hip-hop. This is also the punk rock sound, the the punk rock music at the beginning. Mm, yeah, I, d- I dug that. Right. So, uh, kids, man. I mean, I don't know how much more we can say about it. It's it's pretty damn good. <laughs> it, it's a masterpiece. I, even though I wrote in my notes multiple times that I hated this movie, I actually don't hate it. Yeah, you hate what's happening. You don't hate the movie. It, it's a movie like don't watch it if you're in a in like. A horrible mood because it could provoke a lot of horrible feelings. Right. But at the same time, you just watch it. That's all I got to say. I feel like I say that way too much on this show. To say, yo, just watch the movie. But that's all you, you got to do. I mean, that's you the thing. Feel. Just go watch it, man. I mean, I feel like that's what the podcast is about is recommending and stuff. Yeah, but I always feel like I, I have a horrible way of just describing how the movies are. I'm just like, I right, just watch it. I don't know. I feel like we did a pretty good job with kids. Uh, I always always think down on myself. So. <laughs> so yeah, kids, man, highly recommended. It, it it's up there with one of the best movies that we've watched on here. I still feel like Miss Forty Five is the best. Yeah, Miss Forty Five is pretty movie. damn good, right? <laughs> oh God, I love that movie. So we're gonna fast forward to two thousand and one, sticking with Mister Clark. Jesus, I believe it was just. I believe it was his next movie. I don't think he made anything in between. Could be wrong. Yeah. I know at one point he made a movie called Teenage Caveman. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, what, what was this? It was a comedy about a teenage gay man. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Anyways, <laughs> uh, this is 2001's Bully. 
Oh my god. Okay. Something else we have to mention about this is every other movie on this on this list we got here. Well, not not in the list in general that we've got for the movies. This episode. Yeah, this episode's list of movies. This one is pretty much a true story. This one's real. Yeah, this one is pretty much legit. Yep the the bully murders. It, it's a, it was a pretty famous case in the early the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Um. Basically, what we got here, we have a, a group. We have two friends, Marty and Bobby. Yeah. Marty's kind of, uh, you know, he seems to be able to make friends pretty easily, but he also seems to be very like socially awkward. Yeah, I can see that. You know, he's not he's not open very much. And yeah. Bobby, on the other hand, is a manipulative, abusive piece of shit. Yeah. Big abusive piece of shit. And. And like from the very beginning of the movie, you you're just like God. I hate this guy. Yeah, Bobby is an is a shit hen. And you're just like, I can't wait to see him get his. <laughs> well, and we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so eventually Marty starts dating this girl who you know also is very socially awkward. Yeah, and you know Bobby keeps pushing Marty and pushing Marty until Marty, not even Marty. Marty's not the one who's like, I've had enough. I mean, he's been, he's he's been used to it all his life. Mm-hmm. It's his girlfriend who's eventually like, we should kill him, and everyone who gets involved just gung ho about it. Like, yeah, let's just kill him. Which it's kind of strange. It is strange, but it's like I said, it's based on true stories. Like this happened. It's so crazy to believe that. I mean, at the same time, it's it's so hard to believe that this is a true story, but at the same time. It's hard not to believe it is a true story because there's people who out there who kill people for no reason. No reason. Like I heard recently, well, it didn't happen recently, but there was a guy who shot a guy in a movie theater because he was laughing during the movie and the guy got sick of it and he shot him to death. Mm-hmm. Which is like, that's a little extreme for that. You right. Just tell the guy to shut his mouth and move on with your day. Instead, you get put in prison for the rest of your life for someone's murder on your hands. Yeah. So basically, we get this ragtag group of druggies. Yeah, I mean, they're all messed up on drugs. Mm-hmm. Who kind of just band together in this one goal, and that's to kill Bobby. <laughs> even though most of them don't even know who Bobby is. Yeah, the one that... Probably me and your favorite character. No, your favorite character. My absolute movie. favorite character. He doesn't even know who Bobby is. Doesn't even know him. I think I know my favorite character. Who's your favorite character? I don't remember his name, but he he's he's the more hefty dude. Derek. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I I just well he, he he's familiar. I think he's funny. You know, what's uh what's Marty's girlfriend's name? Marty's girl. Oh God. Oh, I don't know why we keep doing this. I'm one of the I'm one of the, the next episode. Just remind you. Just write names down. Yeah. He <laughs> write. <laughs> Oh great! Thanks me for just running up. She's now pregnant. Lisa. 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 Yeah, Lisa. Um, you know Lisa's cousin is Derek, who's this kind of heftier guy. Yeah. And oh my god, he's so funny. I don't know what it is. He's just like I think because he's truly one of the, even though he's not sympathetic because he goes along with the plan. Yeah. He's the closest thing to a sympathetic character in this movie. Yeah. Because he's like he's not down with this. But for some reason he just done he, he just drawn into it. I guess he yeah. feels like he's stuck, you know. And you can tell by the look, the look on his face throughout the through the entire movie. He's like, I don't want to be a part of this, right? 
but at that point, I'd just be like, F it, I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. The first thing that I really picked up on this movie is that, uh, scared the shit out of me because I walked through the hallway, is that Marty's very easily manipulated. Yeah. He's manipulated by everybody. By everybody. Bobby, Lisa. Yeah. Everyone in this entire group. Yeah. However, I don't think that makes him sympathetic. No. I don't think there is anybody in this movie that's sympathetic. I think they're all pieces of shit. Yeah, they're all... At their like at their core, they're all douchebags. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's a spoiler to say that they kill Bobby I because mean, this is a true crime story. Yeah, this is based on a, a complete true story. Going into this, you know what's going to happen. You know, I mean, of course, I didn't know that going into it, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh God, are they going to kill him? <laughs> are, are they about to do it?" And then it started, it started happening. I'm like, "Oh my God, they're killing him!" <laughs> <laughs> um, see, my whole thing about this is like, is Bobby a piece of shit? Yes. Does Bobby deserve to get his? Yes. But does that give them the right to murder him? No. It's so sad because, like, I feel like we're jumping ahead of ourselves. We're bit. just kind of talking, you know? <laughs> I mean, this is true. I mean, this is true crime. So, I mean, you can look up the case and you'll find it. Yeah, you'll know what's All up. All the names are the same, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. And uh, the thing about his character, like, whenever he's getting murdered, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know what I did. Yeah. And you're just like, oh my god, don't do not do it. And then they just keep going. I believe going. him, too, when he yeah. says that. I don't feel like, like, Bobby, I don't think knows he's a piece of shit, which makes it even worse. I feel like he's almost like a sociopath in a way. I do, too. Because he's like, he doesn't understand the true nature of what he's doing. He's definitely gay. Yeah. Even he, though he's trying to not be. Yeah, I mean, for God's sake, he's making gay pornos. And I feel like that is like one of the big driving points of his character, because he hates that about himself. Yeah, and like, or like early on in the movie, movie, he tells Marty to get up on the stage in this like, I think it's like gay strip club, right? Yeah, and I'm I'm using some language here that's a little offensive. Okay, but he's like, oh, I'll see if they're enjoying it. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, so you're a faggot, aren't you? And yeah, like that. And it's like, whoa, that's exactly yeah. Um, and sometimes he's very hypocritical too. Yeah. And then, like, they hire these two gay guys to, like, make this... <laughs> this porno. Yeah, like, oh, we're just selling it. It's like... Hmm. I don't think so. I think he... I think he's gay, and I think that he represses it so much that that's what makes him be... As strange as he is. Yeah, so violent and so you know, horrible. And at the same time, he's just... Uh, I think he is, like, a sociopath, and I think he understands that, and I think he knows how to manipulate people into doing what he wants. Yeah. You know? And the part of this movie that drives me the most crazy is that Bobby's dad oh, is like, God. like he's just like, you need to quit hanging out with Marty. He's dragging you down. <laughs> what is this? And you're just like, bitch, it's please, like this. The opposite. This son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he, he supposed supposedly it's never even shown, but raped his girlfriend. Which yeah, that's the part of the movie that it gets a little strange because. Uh, you know, uh, the Lisa character at the same time is a lot like Bobby. Yeah, she's very manipulative. But at the same time, it's 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 a hard movie to like talk about at points because it's like, who should you feel bad for? Who should you care about? I don't think there is anybody. I think everybody got what they deserved <laughs> <laughs> in a weird way. You know, this, this movie it has me feeling so many emotions. I'm just like. I like I almost feel bad for everyone involved. But at the same time, I'm like, 
God dang, I, I don't know. I don't know what to feel about this. Yeah, I agree. Uh, my favorite character, you already talked about yours, is Derek. Yeah. My favorite character is by far Michael Pitt. Oh God. As Donnie. Oh my God. It, he from the get to the go, this guy is just a drugged up weirdo. And he's so funny. He's so funny. There's the part where like he's in the back seat. And he's like, <laughs> hi, I'm Donnie. This is Heather. She's my girlfriend. <laughs> like, trying to make, make yeah. sure that he could say this. He never even does it, either. He never pulls it off. <laughs> and he's like, hi, I'm Donnie. This is my girlfriend, Heather. We F. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then there's the, the, what I think is the greatest scene in Bully. Oh, the, the the combat scene? Oh, my God. Oh God. Derek and Donnie go play this game called Combat. Which is supposed to be Mortal Kombat. It's Mortal Kombat. They, didn't want to they couldn't use the rights for Mortal Kombat. They ain't paying for the rights. And they drop acid. Oh. And he fatalizes the guy in the game, right? He turns he, him into a baby. Yeah, and he's like, did you kill him? He's like, no, it's worse, man. He's got to live the rest of his life <laughs> as a baby. He's like, oh, it's, 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 that's dope, man. <laughs> it's he, so he good. He just everywhere. pukes. I just don't know where they find this guy. <laughs> Michael Pitt. I mean, this guy is such a good actor, and it blows my mind that he never really went on to be a star. Really? Never. Like, he, like he's in stuff. Yeah. And every time he's in a movie, man, I'm just immediately drawn to him and captivated by him. But he just never, like, you know, he never took off. He's still acting, though. That's cool. What was that face? Back there. What is it? I know you can't hear it. Oh, you can't hear it? No. Okay, thank God. Um, this video's like four-wheelers and motorcycles and stuff. <laughs> and <you> just hear, <laughs> so anyways, back to Bully. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, we can talk about the murder scene a little bit. Like, it is brutal. Oh, my God. Like, like how they set it up is they have Heather, which is in the movie, if, you, if you're like me and John over here, you can't remember the characters' names very well. She's the girl. She's the girl with the blonde and blue hair. Yeah, she's just a friend they pick up from rehab. Yeah, and which is ironic because she keeps, she's she just immediately drugs. starts taking drugs with Donnie. And then, like she's she goes over to I don't remember her her name. Allie. Allie and Bobby, and her cue is something about alligators. Yeah, do think there's any alligators down here? And when they say that. You have Bobby, uh, Donnie, and it's supposed to be Derek, but Derek... Marty. Oh, Marty. Not Bobby. Bobby is the one that's about to get... No, uh, oh. <laughs> God dang it. Um, You're good. <laughs> anyway, they're supposed to go just go after and kill him, and then... Uh, is, is it Der- Derek, the big the, the big guy, he was like, I ain't doing this. Yeah, he cheated out like halfway through it. And then, like, like that's the moment in the movie where the movie is so real. Because these people who were just so gung-ho about, like, we're going to kill this guy. Yeah. Like, Heather just gets in the back seat and curls up. Allie runs to the car. Because, like, oh. the horror of what's actually happening isn't what they thought it was going to be. They thought it was going to be, boop, you're done, you're dead. No, it's horrifying. Right? Because Donnie stabs him in the back. And, he's, and he doesn't even fall down. Yeah, and then Bobby stabs him in the stomach and guts him, basically, and he's still alive, and they just they just repeatedly stab him until... Uh, and Bobby's begging for mercy. Right. Until uh, Telly from Kids, Kids Leo Fitzpatrick, I believe his name, he's the hitman in this one. Takes a baseball bat and kills him. Beats his brains in. Which it, 
No, it isn't even shown here. No, it's, there's not a lot of graphic violence in this movie as far as like blood and stuff. It's almost like the tongue scene from Old Boy, where, where you don't see it, but it's worse yeah, that it's you like, don't oh. see it because you would just imagine it. And it's so good because like he picks the bat up to hit him, and Marty turns and he's like, "Turn the damn lights off, Allie," and she turns the lights off and bam, you know. Yeah. Another scene that sticks out is when they throw his body into the what, what was it? It's like a like a like swamp kind of thing. It's swamped by the the ocean, which is really weird. Yeah, I don't know. I'm <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It takes place in Florida, I believe. In Florida? Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. That there'd be these swamps and shit. Yeah. And they throw his body in the swamp and they go back because they they forgot something. Marty forgot his sheath for his knife. Yeah. And oh my god. And this is where the movie really like starts grinding on you. Because you see his body laying there and there's a bunch of crabs on him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Ma- Marty, Ma- what's his name, right? Marty? Marty, yeah. yeah. Marty's like, oh, well, why are the crabs on him? And then uh, Telly's like, uh, they're, they're eating him. Yeah. And he throws up. And then he pukes everywhere. <laughs> Which is bad for evidence. Yeah, very bad because you can get... Anyway, they don't even know what they're doing. Yeah, and at that point, like it all starts to break down. I, I didn't, I didn't have anything to do with this. I didn't do anything. I was just there. Yeah, all of them, even uh, Lisa, who was the main, uh, yeah, you know, proprietor of this, the one who organized the whole thing. And they begin telling all their friends what they did, and it's like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. And it's the guilty conscience, man. They all thought that they could do this and not feel bad about it. Because even though Bobby was a piece of shit, when you murder somebody, you know, like, it's going to weigh on you. I don't, I don't think he deserved murder. Like, I feel like it would have been so much mo- better if you just jumped him and beat the hell out of him. Mm-hmm. Because in that case, you would have, he gave him, like, a, like as like Jim Ross would have said or something like that, it would be like, a good case of humble pie. Right. Instead, and- you murder him. You end his life. And then, like, at, there's a point where, like, he straight rapes Allie. Yeah. So call the cops. Or expose him for what he is. Yeah, you expose know? him! You know, like, <laughs> make it known that he has these gay tapes and, you know. Yeah. Show his father these tapes and stuff. Like, there's a hundred other ways to, like, take him down. Instead, you and in, you in his life. This is, like, I'm going back to the, the actual case, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> to the people who did this, you just ended someone's life. And it's hard to say because, like, you know, this is a movie. I've not yeah. read the facts about the true case. I've never read the book that this is movie's based on. So yeah. I don't know all the details. It may be different. And it may be like, you know, these people were just psychopaths, you know. Yeah. Deep down. But in the movie, it's it's like, I don't know which is the movie, but mm-hmm. it's like you end his life. Mm-hmm. Because well, these people clearly aren't rational. No, but it's still it's like you end you end another man's life because of some bad things he did. Which again, those bad things were really bad. They're bad. They're not good. He's a horrible person. But the thing is, there's so many other ways you could have done it. Instead, you took his life away from him and his family. And it, it, it's just it's sad. Mm-hmm. It's sad. It's infuriating. And, I don't know, this is a pretty goddamn good movie. <laughs> it is a very good movie. So, I don't really have anything else to talk about with Bully too much. 
I mean, the only other thing is like the dates, like like how many years they're in prison for. Yeah, pretty much the hitman, which I don't know his name. <laughs> he gets life. He gets life. Donnie gets life. Uh, Lisa gets life, and Marty gets death by the electric chair. And Heather got like. And the rest of them got like varying years. Like, yeah, I think Derek got like forty years. Yeah. I mean, it just, again, it's one of those things, like... You help move the body, man, you know? Yeah. You got involved. <laughs> you might not have stabbed him, but, you know, you straight, um, you know, you help expose of a body. You were there as, a, you know, an accessory to murder. Oh, hey, Jonathan. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like I said, I don't really got much more to talk about with Bully other than just, again, just go watch it, man. Watch this movie and come back to us and tell us what your opinion is. Yeah, Lionsgate put it out. It's easy to get your hands on it. I feel like most of the movies are probably easy. Yeah, these three are not, unlike some of the other stuff we talked about, these three are pretty easy to get get a hold of and watch. But yeah, Bully, man, it's just a good movie. Yeah. It's one of my absolute, like, favorite, like, dramas of all time. I really, really enjoy just the way the movie's shot, you know. And Larry Clark, again, like... His movies just have a sleaziness to them. Yeah. You know, like, the way he shoots, like, grimy youth, basically. Yeah. Like, it really, like, it makes you feel like a, like, little honey shower. Yeah. And I will say, but the thing is, like, every time I watch one of these movies, I did take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> like, he just has such a way to, like, love, just feeling greasy. Yeah. I'm just like, greasy. Trailer Park Boys reference for everybody. Hell yeah, yeah. Let's not get started quoting okay. Trailer Park Boys. We're gonna be all night. Oh god. Anyway, so we're gonna end it up back in 1997. And for one, one thing I gotta say is Kevin Smith is a legend because I watched the introduction. Oh, did you watch the introduction? Yes. A butter place. A butter place. <laughs> we thought this movie was about butter. <laughs> Butter's great. Butter is good. <laughs> So, uh, oh yeah, 1997, directed by Vincent Pereira to this day, the only thing he's directed, which is a shame because I feel like the guy has a lot of talent. This movie is fantastic. This is A Better Place. <laughs> so, you you already said it, uh, produced by Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier. Yes. It was one of the movies they made. They signed a deal with... Uh, I think it was Miramax to distribute Clark's. Yeah. And one of the aspects of the deals is they wanted so much money to help make uh, other movies. Yeah. And one of them was this Bigfoot movie <laughs> that I can't remember the name of it. Catching Flies, I think the name of it is. I have no idea. And the other one was this one, A Better Place. So Vincent Pereira made this one. And uh, this one tells the story of uh, Barrett. Barrett and... Uh, Ryan. Well, I actually wrote his name down quite a few times. I don't know. Also, again, I messed my notes up again. You numbered them? No, I did two different sheets. <laughs> Just to do it front and back. <laughs> so, uh, Barrett is uh, helping his dad one day. And uh, he walks back just to see that, in fact, his dad's laying there in a pool of blood dead. Which would be horrifying. Right? We really... <laughs> that, that would be traumatizing. Yeah, well, absolutely. And, uh, and that's the first thing about this movie that I really, really like is the fact that, like... You know, they're moving away from their troubles. 
to go to more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's they're not getting away from the problems. They're moving into their problem more problems. So of course he, the mom doesn't really know this. No, the mom I don't know if we ever even do we ever even see his mom? Yeah. Briefly? Uh, yeah, we see her briefly. The the bathtub. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because he pisses in the bathroom. No, no, no. I'm talking about Barrett's mom. Oh, Barrett's mom. Not yeah. Ryan. Yeah, Barrett's mom showed in the car. Okay, so we really don't ever really see Barrett's mom. We don't really see Ryan's mom either, really. But we'll get into that later. Yeah. So he moves into this town, and he's going to the school for the first time, and immediately his first day is going shitty. Which, I mean... Not far from the reality. I mean, the only thing about this is, like... I mean, of course, I haven't been to any other schools. I've been to one school my entire life. Right. Well, one school system, anyway. And, of course, I, I made quite a few friends in school. Mm-hmm. And no one really treated me, like, the way these people do. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, I can see it. I can see it happen. Oh, absolutely, it can happen, you know. So, like, you know, he, he tries to talk to this girl, and she's like, you're practically raping me. Yeah, I was like, if only if people knew <laughs> what happened in modern day times. <laughs> and uh, like these guys, you know, they want his chair. He won't give it up. And he's like, oh, I ain't giving it, giving my chair. Right. So everything's just going bad for him. And then he's going to gym class. Or he's he's going back from gym class. Mm-hmm. And. and uh Todd, the bully in the movie, God is like, this ain't over between us, you know. And then he pushes him to the locker, and then here comes uh, Ryan. For no reason, really. Yeah, and Ryan. How you doing again, Jonathan? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, unprovoked, really, by Ryan. Yeah. However, uh, I have a theory about this. I think Ryan sees Barrett as a loner like him. Yeah. So, like, he connects to this guy because it's the only person in the school who is even somewhat like him. And the fact that, oh, yeah. like, he's got no friends, he's out on the, he's on the outside. That's how, that's how I completely saw it, too. So, he beats the dog shit. Oh, my God. Uh, Todd. <laughs> it is brutal. <laughs> brutal. And at that moment, too, we see Ryan's capability and what he can do. Yeah. You know, we see that he can snap and go too far. And, like... He, like, they, they start punching each other and whatnot. And then Ryan sl- smashes his face into the goddamn, like, bench. Yeah, it's brutal. And he's, like, laying in a puddle of his own blood. And, like, it's like, good filmmaking, oh. man, because, like, you know, at that moment, you see that Ryan is capable of, of going too far. He can take it to another level, yeah. you know. So yeah. Barrett and Ryan kind of slowly become friends. I mean... I feel like Ryan's character is hesitant to become his friend because he he's like, oh, I'm just loner. Mm-hmm. And then they become friends, and Ryan slowly becomes obsessed with him, almost like a crazy girlfriend. In a way, yeah. Had many of those. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, just that, like, he just doesn't understand. The way I take it is he just doesn't understand Barrett. He doesn't get the fact that Barrett wants to make other friends. He's like, why? Yeah. You know, what's the point? I was like, I was like, yeah. Ryan is such an interesting character because it's like, like on one hand he's a likable dude. Yeah, you know he seems like a likable guy, but on the other hand he's like a like a fedora wearing neckbeard. <laughs> you know, like he's just like nobody understands me. I'm truly more intellectual than everyone. If he was living in this day and age, he'd be the kind of guy like if he made one mistake talking about 
the Star Wars franchise. Like, actually, <laughs> right? Like he's just like he's just this like company prick, a prick really, yeah. you know. But like then you start like you you meet his aunt who he lives with, and she's very similar. She's she's way. a straight she's a straight bitch, man. You know. Yeah. All be and like we'll get into this. This is a little bit of a spoiler. I mean, of course, are we going to spoil this one too? I think we'll have to talk about it, but we'll give a we'll give a spoiler warning, like we did with uh, kids. Um, You know, we learned that Ryan's father killed his mother and killed himself. I mean, this isn't necessarily a spoiler because I mean, it happens very early on in the movie. Mm -hmm. And it that happens within like thirty minutes, probably. And that Ryan's aunt uh, just doesn't connect with Ryan at all because of this. Like, I don't know necessarily if she blames him, but I do feel like she looks at him and sees the person that killed it's her like, sister. And I feel like, in a way, Ryan doesn't say it, but I feel like he sees it too. Mm-hmm. It's almost like like seeing the devil in the mirror, right? Like I, I feel the same way. Um, hold on a second. Mm. Water. Water. <laughs> I got a cup of flavored water. Ooh. <laughs> I, 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 that's the, that's one of the most frustrating things about this movie. Not frustrating in like a bad filmmaking kind of way, but frustrating. Not, I don't think this movie's as uh, like as frustrating as like kids is. Yeah. Like I had a lot of fun watching this movie. The thing about it, what I'm it. saying is like there's a frustrating aspect of this film, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Yeah. Because I think that's what it's trying to do. Is that Ryan is is like full steam ahead, heading towards this prophet, the self fulfilling prophecy of him being like his father when it doesn't have to be like that. Yeah, it, it, it's like he doesn't have to be like this, man. Yeah, it, like it, Barrett you, tries so hard, so many times to be like, you don't have to be this person. And but I feel like Ryan feels like he's trapped and like it's these only, that's his only future. Which is in real in reality this this happens a lot with like serial killers and stuff like that. It does because their parents like I was, before we started doing. I don't think it's as much serial killers as it is like a lot of spree killers. Yeah, you know it's like like these are a lot of people that could have been saved just by talking to somebody. You know. Yeah, like before before we got on here, uh, I was listening to last pod, last podcast on the left, which is a about, fantastic podcast. Yes, <laughs> talking about the Oklahoma mm. and. The brush cut. Yeah, the, br- <laughs> the brush cut. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I listened to that, and it, I can see almost like a resen- like a, kind of like a resemblance in this before then. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe. A bit better at the same time, actually. Probably. But, like, Timothy McVeigh, like, he asked, like, he, he asked, he was afraid to ask for help. Yeah. And in, in the same sense, I can see with Ryan's character, he didn't, he was just scared to ask for help because he didn't want to seem. Well, I don't think it was even as much as he just was scared to ask for help. I feel like he felt like he was, like, there was only one choice for him. There was only one option. He, the only thing he had to do, man, is get some help. Right. And that's the thing about it. Because like, Barrett, like, there's a scene where, you know, Barrett's hanging out with uh, uh, Augustine and Eddie. Yeah. And they're drinking and they're having a good time. And he's calling Ryan. And he's like, come over, man. And Ryan's like, no, nah, I don't think I want to, man. Yeah, and like he's re- like Barrett tries so hard in this movie to reach him. You know what I mean? Yeah, he tries so hard to to make to make him become his like his friend and be friends with other people, mm-hmm. so he'll socialize and get stuck out of this like this. It's almost like like a Groundhog Day for him. It's like he's yeah. he's stuck in this loop. 
Yeah, Ryan is like he's just so hell bent on fulfilling a prophecy that like isn't necessary. Yeah, you don't have to do what your father did. Because Ryan, like I said, like Ryan's kind of a prick, but he's also a likable person. It seems. Yeah. Because like. like there's plenty of scenes where like him and Barrett are talking, and like you can see why Barrett's friends with him. Oh yeah. You know, even if at times he's he's a dick. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean. It's just one of those things, like, another thing about this movie, Kids and Bully, is how realistic the characters are in these movies. Yeah. I feel like in this movie, there's only, like, a few characters that seem a little out, out of, like, reality. Mm-hmm. I feel like that, then, the, uh, the scene with the, the homeless people <laughs> and the, and the drug dealer. Yeah. Because they all show up at the same time, like, coincidentally. Well, uh, you know... The drug dealer, not the drug dealer, but the two druggies. Yeah. The bearded one with the hat is Jason Lee. I noticed that. Who also plays uh, his aunt's uh, boyfriend yeah. in the film as well. So he's a dual role. And the other one is Scott Mosier. Scott Mosier, yeah. And I love Jason Lee as an actor. I also saw a lot of familiar faces. In oh, this you movie. will. Ethan Souffle's in the film. Oh, yeah. A lot of, like, a lot of people that are in Kevin Smith's early works, you know. Yeah. Um, Jason Lee's fantastic. He's very good. I love Jason Lee, but he is kind of an over the top guy. That's just yeah. kind of who he is, you know. Like, uh, like it's crazy. I saw him and what would soon to be his one of his like almost kind of like like partners in the TV show. My name is Earl. Yeah, it was just so <laughs> ironic. It is true. Um, you know, so the film progresses along with Barrett and Ryan's relationship, kind of. You know, stumbling and growing and stumbling and growing yeah. until it gets this. There, there's a there's a big point in the movie, and this is going to be from now on. From this point on, we're going to start spooling stuff. So we do the pausing. Should we do the pause again? We're going to do the pause again, and you got two options. You can either skip to the end of the episode because you know, <laughs> this is going to be the wrap up part, or go watch a better place. Come back, or just listen to it, or just listen to it. It's your choice. If you don't care about spoilers, then. You know, whatever. Because yeah. I don't really care about spoilers. It's like, I still want to watch a movie if I want to watch it, regardless yeah. if I know what happens in it or not. I mean, for God's sake, like, the only, the only movie I have not, like, went into spoilers about, because I have not seen it yet, that's Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway I Camp. you got to watch it movie. before someone ruins the end of that movie for you. I've went, I've, it's crazy. I went on with it for years. Years not knowing. without knowing the end of that movie. And like I said, you've got to watch it before yeah. someone screws it, screws it over, because you got you got to go into that one blind. All right. So, anyways, so spoiler warning: they will be spoilers from this point on. In three, two, one. Here we go. Okay. So Ryan eventually inherits all this money. Yeah. When he turns eighteen, and he kicks his aunt at his house, and I feel like this is the first moment where things start to go south. Yeah, this is where things begin to boil up to a head. Because, like, his aunt was not a good person. Yeah. However, the, at least he had some kind of interaction with somebody. Yeah. Because at that point, he's all alone. And I feel like that was worse for him than even, you know, the abuse, really, you know? Yeah. Because I think he just has time to just stew in his own thoughts. Where now he's just, he's, I mean, if he's not around Barrett, he's by himself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, eventually they go hiking together one day and they run into this guy who owns, claims he owns the land. He's a dick. Yeah, he, he's one of those guys that... It's my property. Get off my property. 
And what, what leads me to believe it's not actually his land is the fact that he's like, he's like, oh, this is some beautiful land out here. Right, right. Like, he doesn't even know. Like, oh, it's nice out here. <laughs> so, I truly believe that, like, and it's weird to say this because, like, I'm actually talking about Ryan as though he's a real character. Yeah. A real person. I, that's what I was doing with kids and boys. But I'm just, like, I'm just going into the motives of the character. I truly believe when he says that this was an accident. Yeah. He chucks a rock at uh, the guy's vehicle. And it N- nails him. Right in the head. Mm-hmm. And it's a hard blow. Because yeah. Because his head is effed. It's gushing blood. But then he falls and hits his head again, and it kills him. He breaks his neck. Yeah, basically. And so they dispose the body and... and they get away with it for an accident. Yeah. But this shows the beginning separation of who these characters are. Because Barrett's like, this is eating me alive, you know? Yeah, he's like, I, I can't handle this. Where, Even though he had nothing really involved except for behind the body. Where Ryan is like, we got away with it. Don't worry about it. Who cares? Yeah, Ryan's character is like, well, I mean, we're fine now. That's the moment where we knew Ryan was capable of violence, but we didn't really know if he was capable of murder. Yeah. And, like, at that point, he shows that, yeah, he is. He has no sympathy for what he did. He, I mean, it becomes clear at this point he's sociopathic. To, to him, it's only about, like, oh, we got away from it. That's all that matters. Yeah. Like, I don't want to get caught, but I don't care about what I did. Yeah. You know, and again, like I said, like, I feel like had he just accepted Barrett... And the other people, he would have not gotten to this point. Yeah. But at this point, it's too late. <sighs> because the next thing that happens is Todd, who's the bully yeah. in this movie. Yeah, Todd, which Todd was the, the bully. We forgot to mention this earlier, by the way. Mm-hmm. Which, even for the people not, listen, not listening to this point right now, which you probably, if you're listening, you could come back to it. Then, well... His dad is abusive. I feel like now is a good time to talk about that. Yeah, more so than it was earlier. Yeah, his dad's abusive, and yeah, his dad's one of those like coach dads. Ugh. You know where he's like, "Look at you! I didn't raise no pussy." You know. Yeah, and you, like, is your nose broke? You ain't gonna be able to play a sing- a game. You know, you can't afford to miss no games. Yeah, and then like, it's supposed to take place like months later, like after that happens, mm-hmm. and he's still. Having nosebleeds and his his two friends like, oh you know blah 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 you you you, you need to get revenge on this dude. Yeah, you should get him back. And uh, from all the pressure from his dad and his friends, he decides to. Yeah, and they basically kidnap Ryan and beat the shit out of him. And it's it's hard to watch. It's brutal. They beat the shit out of him. The thing about it is, you kind of feel bad for him in a, in a way because I feel like this is almost like the way he was rose by his dad. Like, again, yeah, that's the thing about this movie opposed to Bully, is that like in Bully, I don't think there is a sympathetic character. Yeah, not to its fault. I actually think it's good because <laughs> Maybe of that. Maybe the dad sympathetic. Maybe yeah, but but in this movie, I think everybody is sympathetic. Yeah, like even Todd, even though he's this piece of shit bully. Yeah, like when you see his dad, you're like, well, you know, it doesn't He's excuse right. it doesn't excuse his actions, but it is like, oh, well, this makes sense. Yeah, and oh God, this is the ending of this movie, and we're gonna get to that. Oh my God! So you know, eventually Todd's friend comes to Barrett and is like, look, we we beat him up. 
Yeah, he's like, I don't like, He's pretty much like, saying without saying it, like, I don't know if he's still alive. And the thing about that that infuriates me is when he's like, you know, I didn't I didn't have anything to do with it. He, you know, it's, it's like it's your fault, you know, like this happened. Yeah, you started this. Yeah, if you didn't say anything, it wouldn't have happened. So we get to the ending. So Ryan basically decides that he's going to kill Todd because Todd goes on this hike yeah. in the same place every day. So he gets his gun. Barrett's with him trying to stop him. Yeah, one of the scenes that gave me chills is whenever Ryan's walking around the corner to like pretty much blindside him and shoot him. And Barrett runs up to him while he has the headphones on. He doesn't hear him. Mm-hmm. He's like, for the love of God, run. Right. But you and, don't hear it because he's got his headphones on. And then he's like, what? And then the next thing he knows, he, he's getting just kicked out of him. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh, so he, he knocks his teeth out with the gun. Oh, my God. And this part is where, like, truly, even though Todd, like I said, is this kind of dickish bully. Yeah. You know, my heart, like, broke for this kid. Yeah, I mean, he had his entire life ahead of him. And, like, <laughs> you know, Brian knocks his teeth out with a gun, and there's a scene where he's, like, picking him up. Yeah. And I felt, like, so bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like... You know, Jesus Christ. Like, he just literally just broke him down, you know, as a person. And then, and then late, a, little, a little later on, he's like, he calls him, he calls him dad. Yeah, because he looks up and he, like, he basically sees his. Oh my God. It's so disturbing. It's very disturbing. Like, Todd becomes sympathetic, you know, where you're like, yeah. look, he's a piece of shit, but like, don't, don't he was raised a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, oh my God. Like, yeah, you you know, like I'm I'm kind of an emotional person. I am too. <laughs> but when it comes to the movies, usually I I try not to like get upset. I this scene really made me cry. Like I was like Jesus Christ. You know, so Ryan shoots him in the arm and stuff, right? Yeah. And and it seems like and like and like you know he's picking up his teeth, Ugh. and it's just brutal and sad. And Barrett's like, "Look what you've done to him. You know, you've broke him." Yeah, you know that's isn't that enough? Leave him alone. And it seems like for a minute there, that Barrett gets through to Ryan because Ryan kind of like pulls back. Yeah, you know, and Todd gets up and he starts leaving, but nope, Ryan. Like he shoots him in the back, and then and then Barrett Barrett loses his. Sh- mm-hmm. He runs over there, and this scene when I saw, it, I was shocked. He sticks the gun to the back of his head, and. He shoots him, and the blood blows out of his mouth. Yeah. It is horrifying. Brutal. It's so brutal. And, uh, you know, we get to the ending where eventually they struggle for the gun and Barrett... And you, you didn't see what happened. You, you just hear the gunshot. And you're like, oh, no. And, like, Barrett... You see Barrett's left. And then there's the great monologue where Barrett's like, you know, the first time was an accident, but I don't know why I kept shooting him. Yeah. And then... Can I please say the last? You line? can say the last oh line. My God, oh, it's it's such a haunting line. He's like, he, I mean, his his someone he called his friend is now dead. He killed him. And he's he's like, not only an accomplice to two murders. He's a, he murdered himself. Yeah, you know. And then he puts the gun in his mouth, and he's like, "What's left?" And then he says, "No bullets." He pulls the trigger, and there's no bullets. It is haunting. It, it it does like it sends a chill down my spine. Now, yeah, you know. Oh God! What Vincent Pereira did with a low budget 
and relatively like first time actors, a lot of them. Yeah. Is is truly impressive. Like, yeah, is there like is there issues? Like, there's a scene that's kind of out of focus. Yeah, the, there's a few. There's like a scene or two that's out of focus, and then there's some jump cuts. There's some jump cuts, and you know the ant's not super good. Yeah, as a performance, and I love Jason Lee to death, but he doesn't just like fit in this movie. Yeah, the 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 homeless people are a little, and Donnie too as the yeah. boyfriend, but. The relationship between Barrett and Ryan is such a strong driving force in yeah. this movie that, like, it it really, like, just goes, you know? Yeah. It just pushes this movie up and bound. And, like, you know, the guy played Ryan would go on to have a fairly decent career. Yeah. And he's very good. But the guy played Barrett, like, this is it. That's pretty much the only thing he ever did. That's a shame. And it's incredible because it's like, this guy is good. Yeah. And... In this situation, like in the movie, Barrett's character is almost like chaos, and you have Ryan's character that's almost like destruction, and when they meet, nothing good happens. Right. And it's almost unintentional. They don't know that what they're doing is bad till it's too late. Right. And Barrett tries all this time to stop him from what he's doing. Yeah. Like, and I think that's why you, that's why Barrett just loses it. Yeah. When he kills him, because he's like, you know, he sees himself as a failure, He's not able to, like, you know, he saw that Ryan thought, saw that this was his destiny. And he's like, I'm going to stop this from happening. And when it doesn't work, it's like, well, what now? He's like, and the way I see Baron is, he's like, he, there's no hope. Exactly. It's he, a, it's powerful, man. It's heavy. All three of these movies are extremely heavy. They're very heavy. And, like, it's, it's you know, like I said, like, Prayer is a first-time director. Like, this is the first time he ever directed. The only thing he ever worked on before this was Clerks and Mallrats, you know? So it's like, you know, this guy knocked it out of the park. And it's such a shame that he never could get anything off the ground afterwards. You know, he's done a lot of work with Synapse, which Synapse put out a better place. Yeah. With, like, you know, special features and working on the Blu-rays and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, but as far as, like, a director goes, he's never really... Like, tried anything else. Never really went anywhere else. Like, I know he had a Jalo that he had in the works, but it was just too big. Couldn't get the funding for it. And then he was attached to do uh, Clive Barker's Pig Blood Blues. Oh, wow. Which would have been fantastic. But it fell through. Uh, he's had a few scripts in the works that kind of just fell through. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's such a shame, because, like, you listen to the guy talk on uh, uh, Kevin Smith's podcast, Modcast. Yeah. He was a guest. And, like, you know, Kevin, first of all, like, highly praises this guy for being the one that introduced him to like becoming a cinephile yeah. you know so like he's very important in Kevin Smith's life and like he really like praises the man as like a like a like a film historian and you know his knowledge of film and it's just a shame that like he made this one great master like I don't want to say masterpiece I think we throw that word out a little too much but a really great movie this movie is fantastic and like you know he never could get anything else going I feel like all three of these movies are great. These are all three very good movies. I mean, I can't necessarily say I had a great time watching them. Yeah, no, they're not the feel-good movies of the year. No, I mean, a lot of times we'll cover movies that are not like that, but at the same time, some of the, some sometimes we'll cover stuff that it's a little different. Mm-hmm. Like, we um, have a couple ideas coming up here soon. That absolutely. Be... But yeah, man, uh, go buy the DVD of Better Place. You can get it pretty cheap. Synapse put it out. Get all three of these. Get movies. all three of them. I know I say that every single episode, like, oh, buy it. But we're going to steal a line from Horror's Ball. Just effing buy it. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a line from Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But here's the thing, like, I feel like, you know, going into this, you know, I wouldn't say everybody, but I think a lot of people have heard of Kids and Bully. Yeah. Larry Clark's pretty infamous. And I, but I don't feel like a better place really gets its due. Like I feel no. like not a lot of people have even heard I, of that movie. I, I didn't hear about it until you mentioned it. And I feel like it, 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 you know, if I had to like, I think my favorite movie of the three is probably Bully. Yeah, I really love that movie. But if I had to recommend you buying someone buying one of them, yeah. I would recommend a better place. Yeah, I mean, especially the introduction with Kevin Smith on this is great. It is great. I mean, is it necessarily like the best introduction? No, but it adds so. a little bit of levity into a film that hasn't got a lot. Yeah, it adds a little. I mean, there is levity in the film. There's funny moments, but. You know, it's it get like that ending, man. Like you know, and when it whenever it hits you, it's it's not even a ton of bricks. It, it's a train. Like you saw me watch it last night. Yeah, and like I was watching it in your room because you know a friend of ours was yeah, using my room and I had headphones on. And when I took it off, I just don't think I could do it. Just be like, <laughs> you know, like yeah, I was still watching Bully at that point. It was like man, like man, that that's that's that hit hard, you know. Hit me hard the first time I watched it. Hit me hard the second time, third, fourth. Every time I watch that movie, that ending does not cease to be as powerful as it was. You know what I mean? Like this, this same thing with Bully and and Kids as well. Yeah. You know, they all three like no matter how many times you watch it, they don't lose their potency. Yeah. With all three of these movies, this is the first time watch for me. Which a lot like, of these are for you? Yeah, a lot, a lot of these movies are. Which are awesome. Which is awesome. <laughs> I mean, this what you guys are hearing is a first time experience for me mm-hmm. watching these. And all, I have to say, all three of these movies, they're they're disturbing in a way that a lot of movies aren't. They're disturbing in a sense that it's not like showing you someone getting their like jaw ripped off mm-hmm. the socket, yeah. or like of course like pedophilia or something like that, which necrophilia, which in this movie, movie is borderline, it's borderline pedophilia, but um, it's it's disturbing in the sense that. All of this is possible. Yeah. Where something like a Serbian film, a lot of that's not possible. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. all of this is, all of these films that we uh, talked about, yeah. here, they're so realistic in the sense that this, I mean, Bully happened. Yeah, Bully happened. I mean, Bully was true. Mm-hmm. And a better place, that could potentially, that, that, that could probably I mean, happen. it's like, like with all the school shootings, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's what, they're all Ryan, basically, you know? crazy um that's why i was so excited to do this episode you know and this one and we got another one coming up down the road where we're gonna talk about movies like combat shock yeah you know because like but even like combat shocks you know it borders on you know horror and exploitation yeah. and these do too to an extent i mean they're definitely like exploitation films i'd say uh but like they're dramas yeah you know and like a powerful dark drama is gonna hit you in a way that like oh, a lot of movies can't yeah if done right, you know. <laughs> but still kind of good horror movie, too. Like, I don't want to say anything, like, because, you know, me. Yeah. Uh, I'm a horror fanatic. I, I love horror movies. Like, there's nothing wrong with a goddamn skeleton coming out of a closet with a gun or something like that. <laughs> Jontron? <Yeah>. Are you? <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if someone got that reference, but. Um, but, yeah, like, I was really excited because, like, like I said, everything we talked about had been kind of, you know, Tetsu the Iron Man. Yeah, you know, like, they're all debatable whether or not they're horror, but. These. These are all- definitely not horror movies. I mean, they're not in the horror genre, but they're horror in the sense that they're horrifying. <laughs> yeah, it, it's horrifying because, I mean, I mean, AIDS is definitely a real thing. Mm-hmm. AIDS. I mean, this. I mean, the whole situation with kids. It, I mean, it happens every day, and no one knows it. Yep. And the the, cra- the 
the most disturbing part about HIV is you don't know you have it till it's too late. Exactly. And, um, it, and it's crazy. Like, you could be passing around to everyone, mm-hmm. and you just don't even know it. You know, when we started the podcast, it's all, you know, like, I feel like we always struggle to kind of get, like, a foothold of, you know, what we are. Like, because every yeah. episode we kind of talk about it. But, like, these are definitely the kind of movies that, like, you know, when we first started, we are all, we were like, we're going to do disturbing movies. Yeah. And then we're like, well, we don't just have to disturb it. We can do weird and gross and just movies that are fit the category that haven't been talked about a lot. And, like, but these are ones that, like, because these are the kind of films that, like, you know, there's a lot of podcasts about horror movies. Yeah. There's a lot of podcasts about cult movies. Yeah. You know, but, I, you know, movies like Kids Bully in a Better Place, they don't quite fit into either category. And that's why I was so excited to do this, because it was like, this is a chance to talk about movies that, like, m- you know, they're all, like, like Kids and Bully were very popular when they come out, but you just don't hear about them the way you used to. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I, I've been listening to this podcast, the Pure Cinema Podcast. Yeah. And like they're that's kind of their thing too is kind of recommend movies you know, you know of course we're gonna do you know Serbian film and we're gonna do the Human oh. Centipede and stuff like that. But yeah, these are the movie these are the episodes that are gonna excite me a little bit more because it's like I get to talk about stuff that you know maybe you haven't seen or maybe it's been so long since you've seen it. You know. Yeah. I mean, like I hate, I hate to keep rambling on about these movies, but I I just can't believe these movies, man. They're so good. They're so good, right? With I mean, with kids, another thing that's scary about kids is, I mean, I know you know about this. You're the one who told me about this. There's a whole group of people, they call themselves like bugs, and they like pass around AIDS on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> which is na- which is nasty. Yeah, there's a movie I'm sure we'll talk about called Red, White, and Blue. That's yeah. kind of very similar in that aspect too. And then with Bully, I mean, again, there's nothing much to say there. It's it's true. Mm-hmm. It happened. And with um, a better place or a butter place. A butter place. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's no way that's never happened before. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, like it's definitely true. So yeah, I mean, like I feel like that's a, you know, I feel like we've covered those pretty well. Yeah. How you doing, Marcus? <laughs> so, uh, what's our next episode, Matt? Do you know? BK. Yes. Yes. I'm very excited about this one, too. Takashi Miike's films. We're going to Miike Extreme. One of the most prolific <laughs> directors mm-hmm. in the game. And, you know, and we'll get into this in that episode, but I hear so many people, when they talk about Miike, they say, oh, it's always quantity over quality. Yeah. Could not disagree more. He puts out, like... There's so many great movies in Miike's catalog that we could do a whole podcast on Miike. <laughs> yeah. And only hit, like, three or four bad movies. Like, real bad movies, you know? And, like, oh, God, there's, there's so many movies we need to talk about with him. We need to do multiple parts. We're going to do more than one episode. But this one's going to be the Mika Extreme. This is going to be his most sick, vile movies he's made. And if I can remember correctly, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure on the fall, the next episode that we're talking about one of my favorite movies that you showed me. Oh, yes. We're talking his episode of Masters of Horror, which is interesting because I don't think a lot of people would, like, consider Masters of Horror and be like, oh, disturbing. But his episode was so messed up, it was banned from Showtime. Showtime banned this. I mean, me, me tell you a story right quick. Okay. Go see you again, Marcus. Oh, I will. <laughs> uh, uh, last night, me and our friend, we were, I was hanging out with him, and I heard on the TV, it was on Showtime, and they were airing pretty much porn. Softcore porn. 
But they would air this film. They would not air this episode. When Which you is watch insane. it, and when you watch it's imprint, by the way. Yeah. When you watch it, you'll be like, I can kind of see why. I haven't seen it, <laughs> so um, I'm about to find out. And then we're gonna do Visitor Q. I haven't seen it either. Which is um the the, the best black comedy. Is it, is it better than Jam? It's uh, it's more disturbing than Jam. What? What? Yeah. No way. And funnier. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, it's one of those movies like when I was talking about Jam. And I was like, I've never seen a black comedy like this. Then I was like, oh, wait. Visitor Q. Visitor Q. <laughs> and then finally, one of his absolute masterpieces. Oh, God. Ichi the Killer. I love this movie. It's amazing. So, yeah. These, these are the ones that we've I, I, that I've named because I've seen them all. Yeah. Miguel's roughest, nastiest ones. Yeah. So, and like I said, we're going to do so many Miguel episodes. It ain't even funny. <laughs> and all of his movies, like, like Mika's kind of known for disturbing movies, but most of his movies are, like... Weird. Weird. That, I want to do Zebra Man. <laughs> that, yeah, we will. Weird that kind of border on disturbing. Yeah. But not quite disturbing, and these are, like, direct, in-your-face brutality. <sighs> so, be excited for that. Two weeks. Two Mika weeks. Extreme. Um, so... As we do at the top of the show, if you want to send us some question, comments, or concerns, please do. Or just give us your thoughts on what we reviewed. We would love to hear it. Send it to us at sickoncinema at gmail.com. Or. And, and on Twitter at sickoncinema. And on, on Instagram at sickoncinema. We need to get more, we need to get a Facebook page. We need to get a Facebook page. We need to get all the social media. Yes. I don't, I don't want all these hoes to know. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't saying that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go there. Um, however, also, if you would please, if you've enjoyed us rambling, leave us a comment and a rating on iTunes. That would please. greatly help us. Only five stars. No, I'm kidding. Whatever you want to rate. <laughs> what do you want to give us? What do you think we deserve? Uh, what, what do I think we deserve? No, I said only give us what you think we deserve. Okay. But we really would like if you give us the Meltzer Five. Give us the five stars. Give us the Meltzer. If someone will give us a negative five stars, be <laughs> the really Meltzer. Um, <laughs> minus, minus five, five stars. stars. So, until next time. I'm Matt. I am John. And you've been listening to the podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. To so, oh, go ahead. Ooh, okay. Uh, dedicated to not just, not just disturbing in the dark side of film. Too just obscure film in general, pretty much. That's well, too long well, ago. <laughs> like if okay, we were <laughs> if, we, if we were pressing T-shirts, it would just be sick on cinema. The podcast decade dark side of film. Okay, which is still <laughs> too long, but you know it's it's a better catch line than uh, the, the, the the podcast dedicated to dark side, comma obscure, comma weird, <laughs> comma gross, comma gory. You know. Okay. Dark side of yeah, so we're the podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. Sick on cinema. 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 cinema.